This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Curator Ministries. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the table. We're in the studio today with my husband, Doug, and my man, Sam Burdett. Hello, hello. My big producer. He's micing up today to help us talk a little bit about how to survive the silence of God collective gulp, right? So how do we stay faithful to God in the midst of disappointment? So that's something we're going to explore a little bit about. But before we get into the depths, we all we got to tread water in the shallow, Sam, yeah. with our nonsense news. I only have one today because I feel like one was enough. And Doug, this is something that you and I certainly can relate to. Sam probably will not because he's much <laughs> younger than we are. But there was a gentleman... Um, in the U.S. that um, put in his destination that he wanted to go to into his GPS, right? And so he puts his coordinates in where he wants to go, presses go, and is on his way. Well, turns out the GPS that he used gave him the wrong directions. And instead of going to the destination that he intended, he found himself at border control. Oof. Oof. It kind of puts me in like this vision like when you're driving the turnpike and you come upon like the the the, the toll, right? Yeah. There, there's no way out. You got to go through, right, man? You can't just turn around like, oh, I don't have the five bucks. Nope. I've got to go through this thing, right? So he finds himself in the line of the border border control. He gets to the front of the line and he, he, he explains, I, I don't mean to be here. I, my, my GPS took me to the wrong place. I'm trying to go somewhere different. And the guy was so nice at the border patrol. I was like, no problem. But you do have to go through. But since you don't have a passport, you're going to have to go through an extra like layer of security to get back across the border. Well, apparently this extra layer of security was quite scrutinous because the drug dog finds an incredible amount <laughs> of illegal substances and a whole lot of cash, Sam. A whole lot of cash. And so... He wasn't intending to cross the border, though he is now charged with international drug trafficking. Um, he was intending to deliver this thing somewhere else. But he gets to spend a lot of time telling his story about how wow. the GPS failed him, Sam. Do we really think it's the GPS at that point, though? At that point, I think it might be karma, I'll yeah. be honest with you. I mean, I think you need to re- like reevaluate life choices. <laughs> but I can say, from our experience... Sometimes I feel like technology is out to get us. Wouldn't you say, Doug? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely do. I've hit the wrong places on my GPS and been going the wrong direction before. So I've been there. I can't even use my phone, Sam. I can't even use my phone, let alone the GPS. I, I've used like Apple Maps and then it leads me to the wrong place. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the worst. Yeah. So, I, so I, I don't agree with this guy, what this guy was doing, but man, my heart goes, I can, I can feel his frustration. Yeah. Right. It reminds me of that episode of The Office. Do you watch The Office? Uh, I've watched a little bit here and there. I really need to like sit down and binge watch it. Oh, we are an Office family. So it reminds me, Doug, of that episode when Michael Scott is so frustrated that technology is taking over all of people's jobs. Right. He's 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 in it, and so he has to go on this business call. And so he he plugs in his coordinates. He gets to the stop sign, and the and the GPS is telling him go right. And so he goes, puts his blinker on, and his 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 passenger Dwight's like, "But the lake, there's a lake to the right, man. You can't take a right." He goes, "But the GPS says right." And they get in this argument. He takes the right, submerges his car, and he comes back to the office. Is like, "Today, technology tried to kill me." <laughs> it sometimes feels that way. It definitely yeah. does. <laughs> But anyway, so I, I definitely can see how the first I can identify with Michael Scott's frustration about how something that's 
in place that you have put your trust into is supposed to make life easier. And it can, fails you. It fails you. Yeah. And, and, you and there is a disappointment, <laughs> a deep disappointment. Well, anyway, speaking of disappointment, that's something that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today is how do we survive the silence of God and stay faithful through disappointing parts of our life, right? And so for me, Sam and I, you're talking about this a little bit, what the silence of God looks like. I think it looks different for different people. I agree. Probably in different stages of their life. Yeah. And so for me in my stage of life, I think the silence of God to me looks like like unanswered prayers. Um, unmet desires, yeah. right? Um, unmet needs, or if I've ever been believing for something and the answer was no, man, that is a hard silence pill yeah. to get past. So for me, the silence of God looks like when God doesn't seem to be moved by my circumstance. Like I'm in the middle of it, man, and I'm talking to God, and I'm like, is this Mike Salon? Are you even aware? Are you present in this moment? Yeah. Because you're not moving in the circumstance. Right. Or, You've moved in the circumstance, but it's in a way that I didn't anticipate, and now I'm disappointed. Yeah. Because disappointment is really when your reality and when your expectation doesn't align, when your expectation doesn't align with your reality. Right. And that leads to disappointment. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, I definitely would. I think everybody's felt that way before, even whenever you probably shouldn't. Um, you know, because I think we go to churches and we hear miraculous stories of people being cured of cancer and things of that nature. And then even times when someone's in hospice, there's almost this surprise. You pray for them, and then they don't get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like, there's almost this, you shouldn't have been surprised, right? Like, right. But I think we all like are always expecting a miracle. Yeah. And I think that's called blind faith. Honestly, I think that when you say, there's just this expectation, I expect that thing. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, that, that premise of blind faith and that expectation. Um, I was talking to a lady this past week, and this was not a conversation I was at all looking forward to. Um, I got a call that there was a woman in her 90s and uh, was put in hospice care and was at the at the end of her life. It was just a matter of, of days at that point. And they called and wanted me to do like a last rites. And I'll be honest, I'm not rooted in Catholicism. I didn't even understand what that meant. And so I, I called my pastor. I'm like, what you know? What do I do? I've never been asked to do this before. And he was just like, she just wants to feel like you've submitted her and she just wants to feel close to God. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be a really hard conversation. How do you like how do you have that conversation with someone like I know you're at death's door and it's okay I'm I submit you to God it just seems so foreign and weird to me and I was not looking forward to this conversation I was emotional because I've known this woman my entire life um and so I remember how this anxiety I placed the phone call and it was the most I think she blessed me more than I probably blessed her in that phone call because from the time that she picked up the phone to the time we got off, all she did was praise God. Wow. It was not gloomy. It was not mournful. It was sad. It wasn't sad. She was excited. She said, I have lived a good life. I have lived a hard life, but I am ready to go. And she goes through the beginning to the end of her life and she talks about how, you know, she had an ear infection when she was a baby but it caused her to be deaf and how you know she moved into she you know she was in a marriage that was abusive to an alcoholic and how god you know moved in that circumstance and you know he he 
got radically saved and all of these things that I'm, I'm watching her weave through the, the the pattern of her life and the patchwork of her life and she's saying god was faithful god was faithful and i'm thinking man you know we do that sam we look at the beginning of things right like the beginning of a relationship and we look at that and we admire it because there's like this, you know, honeymoon stage. Everything is wonderful, right? We, so we admire the beginning stages of people's relationships. And we have that same type of relationship with God, that honeymoon stage yeah. where anything is possible, everything is possible, and God answers all prayers, right? Yeah. We have that honeymoon stage. And then I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with a small man in the end of her life. And we do that with relationships, too. I know that there's nothing that's more peaceful to me than to look at an old couple that's in their 80s or 90s still holding hands and still you know loving on each other and my desire is for that thing i want that in my life right but we, man we don't spend much time thinking about the middle Mm-mm. the middle when she's talking about all these things that she walked out with god and was still able to say but god was faithful yeah these horrific things that i know like one instance i know that she bear she's buried two children one of which she he was a teenager and he had cancer and she was believing God for a miracle that never came and she was able at the end of that to say God was faithful and I'm like that's what fidelity is that's what faithfulness looks like and so I thought I want that I want to be able to in the midst of the middle I want to be able to say I was faithful to God and God was faithful to me you know what I mean and that's kind of what kind of got me on this topic do you know what i mean so i can think of a time when you talked about the beginning you know those beginning stages of that 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 uh blind faith i remember when i was a brand new a brand new christian and i was i had just gotten a hold of god as a healer and man i was i believed it god is a healer and so on the way from church fresh in my mind um, I go past this woman's apartment that lived on the, the, the bottom floor, and God says, stop and pray for her. I'm like, stop and pray for her. Now, this was a hard woman. This woman lived by herself. She was ex-military. Um, she was a lesbian. She was just a rough-around-the-edges woman that, I mean, I spoke to. We were very kind to each other, but I was like, I, I don't know that she would want to have a conversation with me. You know what I mean? So I remember knocking on her door. And it was just so like passively going, I, you know, I'm so sorry to bother you, but God, God, didn't even believe in God. Let's start with that. I was like, but God told me to stop and, you know, and, and pray with you. And she was like, oh, really? Well, I had this spot on my lung. She confessed this thing to me that she actually had been, had, was going back to have a biopsy and, you know, a health scare. And so I, I prayed for her healing and went about my way. And a, f- a few weeks later she comes knocking on my door and she is so excited this woman who g- would grimace and gruff at me is on my door excited your god healed me and i remember like heck yeah he did of course he did because i expected it there was nothing more i didn't expect anything less than that because i, I just got a hold of this new word that god said that he he was a healer right that's what blind faith looked like to me right i, I just i expect nothing less than that thing well, fast forward then to many years later, I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer who was a man of God. And um, I'm driving home from church with that same burning thing in my heart. God is a healer. And God says, stop at his house and pray for him. Well, this this stop was a lot easier because I knew him and he was a man of God. So I knocked on his door and said, hey, God said to pray for you. And I did that thing. And I had that same level of expectation. God's going to heal you, man. High five. And 
he believed it too, walked in it too. Um, and I watched him get better. And then I watched him get worse. And then I watched him die. And so I remember in that space when I watched him die, I was flabbergasted because I genuinely believed that God would heal him. I, that was my level of expectation, my blind faith, that nothing less than healing can come to this man because that's what God said. That's what God wanted. And I remember sitting at his funeral, looking at his wife and his parents who were broken and looking at his 10-year-old boy who he was leaving behind and feeling like I had let him down. Not God, but mm. I had let him down. Like I hadn't done something right. Like I had gotten the formula wrong. Yeah. So. It had to be me. It couldn't possibly be that God would not heal this man. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was disappointed. And then fast forward to a couple of years ago, I had a family member that got sick and called me asking for healing. And the same faith, I believe God, God would heal them. I probably, if I'm honest, didn't have the same amount of blind faith that we talked about, like with the other two examples, because I had experienced some disappointment. Like it was more like a cautious optimism there. A cautious optimism yeah. is a great way to put it. Yeah. But I prayed the prayer, and I believed God for their healing, and I watched them die. Mm. And this time, I was not disappointed. This time, I was not had I didn't have a feeling I had done something wrong. Now I'm angry. Yeah. And I'm angry at God. How, why would you let this? Why would you show me this thing that you can do just to show me that you didn't do it here? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then I feel like I'm a heretic. I even feel that way. Like all these, all these emotions start going through your mind when you're in this this middle space. And I started having to really dig deep about how do I stay faithful in this space and other people would tell me well god is faithful he works all things out to those who and i'm like it does not feel that way it doesn't i don't i don't see that in my reality right now but i want to i want to and so i had to start mining that out like what does that look like for me and for me in that space especially when i was in the anger stage it required me to make myself go to church and Sam, I'm embarrassed to say I had to make myself do it. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and being angry, being angry at God, thinking this is a crock. Everything that the, the preacher is saying from, from the pulpit, I don't see manifesting in my life. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, and I was probably in that space for a while. But what was happening in that space that I didn't reconcile with or didn't even recognize is that though I couldn't receive the word coming from the pulpit, what I was receiving, receiving was when the worship would come forward, the healing, like it was like a wave of healing that was coming. I could physically feel myself being healed. I, I guess it's the only way that I could that I could that I could even articulate it. But there was something about the worship in that space I kept coming back for. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so in the space when I was angry and disappointed, it required me pressing in. Because sometimes when you get in the middle and in your in in the space where things don't look like you think it should, you have two two ways you can go. You can dip out on your relationship with God, or you can press in. We're gonna put a pause button on it right here, and then we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more about how to work through the disappointment and the silence of God. We'll be right back. 
We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm here with my husband, Doug, and my man, Sam, and we're talking a little bit about how to survive the silence of God and how do we stay faithful to God um, through disappointments. And we just we ended the, the last segment on talking about when you're in those 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 middle moments of disappointment, um, frustration, and sometimes anger, you got two options. You either um, press in, you press into God, or you dip out. Um, and that doesn't always look like dipping out of your faith, like just kind of, you know, God's not real and God's not for me. Dipping out could look something like, I still believe in God. I'm just not going to have a relationship with him anymore. There was a lady I was talking to today that happened to one of her friends. Her daughter died of an aneurysm, and there was nothing to blame, right? So it wasn't a car accident. You could blame another driver, an overdose. You could blame drugs. It was an aneurysm, and there was no one to blame for her but God. And so when people would say, you just got to you know, lean in and, and, and believe God, her response was, how can I pray to a God that took my daughter? Yeah. And I... I, I can't understand that. Pray, I've never had to bury a child, yeah. but I'm not going to criticize her for it either. So her dipping out just meant stepping back. God, I still believe in you, but I'm I'm going to unplug from this church. I'm going to unplug church body. I'm going to unplug from this church body, and I'm going to f- kind of fly on my own. And I'll be honest with you, that woman is still in the depths of her of her grief. Years later, she has not evolved out of it because there's something about being plugged into a body that God offers moments of grace through people. Wouldn't you say, Sam? Oh yeah, for sure. I've, I've experienced a couple of moments of that, you know, at, at our old church, um, we've been there about 12 years and then two years into like being there, it was like fall of 11. Well, kind of in the winter. Um, so stuff happened long story short, my dad's out of the picture now. Mm-hmm. And it's like the people were there and it was like eight months later. It's just like, it was a common, almost like a um, complete, Continual disappointment, if that makes sense. You had a rapid fire a couple of months. Well, even then, years. Yeah, but even like eight months later, you know, then a Grammy just passes away all of a sudden. Yeah. But it's like, I know I have the people around me. You know, it's like, I, I don't know any better than to just keep pushing. You know How old I mean? were you, Sam, when you went through? 12 going into 13. Okay, so you were adolescence. Yeah. So you were raised in church. Right. Right. So when you say you didn't know any better, you were a drug baby. You were drugged to church. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't always like that, but from the time I was you know 10 years old till about now mm-hmm. that's how long i've been so like yeah. it was kind of like in the infancy we've been to church like on holidays and stuff but you know but even seeing that disappointment in the infancy of like fully committing to like church like mm-hmm. full-time and then like two years into it it's like all this goes down it's like uh hello it's like what you were saying like knock yeah. knock knock hello yeah yeah god are you still there yeah <laughs> and you know and you feel like at that point, it's like, okay, you have to go. Might as well. I know I have these people around me that love me. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know any better. And then finally, you know, you get some victories later along the way. And then there's some stuff that happened recently. Like I had a cousin that passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I knew 
being here now it's like hey i need to be here it's like i know i have these people around me that love me you know they've already checked in it's like i know i need to be here because i don't know what else you know it's still like i don't know what else to do but it's not as much of like a oh i might as well you don't know any better Mm -hmm. it's like you do know well it's like you don't know better but you do know that god is there you know you experience the goodness of god through your first experience through people right and then you realize when you got to the second experience i need that yeah right like even though it's like a different location i know i've had the people built around me the last two years before this happened mm-hmm. you know and it's like even though it's a new batch of people it's like hey they're they love me they're gonna be here for me it's like i need to be around these people yeah. i need to hear you know i need to be in this worship environment i need to hear this word it's like all that it's like i need to be there and it's like even that week you know like you checked in pk mm-hmm. checked in like steph checked in like and they all you know a few of them came even to like the viewing and stuff and i was like man this is you know and i was like so thankful i came that sunday and wednesday before because he had passed away that friday and then we had the funeral you know viewing a funeral thursday and friday yeah and, but it was like dude, you guys were like there for me the whole time you know but like in a feeling of disappointment and even with the people around me like i'm like so i've been so blessed and thankful in that regard all my life yeah even if i took it for granted before I definitely don't know. And that's that's a beautiful thing about when people would say, you know, you know, God is faithful. That's what that looks like yeah. in the middle. Right? He may he may not have felt like he was faithful in delivering me out of the circumstance, but he he delivered me through the circumstance. Yeah. That right? he doesn't Job the passage in Job said that he doesn't deliver the afflicted by their affliction. He opens their ears by adversity. Right. And this is what I'm hearing you say is that your ears were opened how much I need a community of people to serve in yeah. because God serves me through them. Oh, yeah. Which is, it's, it's interesting. And yeah. that, that's part of the process that I'm trying to walk out with myself, too, is like these experiences that felt like, I, they can feel very isolating, Sam. I don't Again, know if you experience, like you, you, you sure. feel like no one can possibly understand how this feels, yeah. even though they say they do and they right. try to. It just, it really feels like God has pushed me out. <laughs> pushed me out of my comfort zone pushed me out of my people and it's just him and i right and in those spaces i either press in or i dip out yeah and i think that in those spaces i'm learning that it's through these adversarial and these you know moments and these disappointments that god is growing my capacity for compassion for people yeah do you know what i mean like he doesn't deliver he didn't deliver me out of this affliction but he is expanding my capacity to love people right because now you can you carry that you yeah. know how much how 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 much it meant to you for someone to be supportive of you, and you'll be compassionate, more compassionate probably to someone Absolutely. that you see go through something and be there for them. Yeah, it's definitely helped me out a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's how God I think molds us into vessels. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Doug? I've definitely had that um, same feeling. Um, I can tell you that. I think everybody at some point feels really disappointed about something didn't go your way. And the one way I deal with it is if you ever sit down and think about all the blessings like that lady did, that she mm-hmm. had in her life, and you compare them to whatever this disappointment is yeah. or these disappointments, I think pretty quickly almost all of us, then I almost feel bad that I felt that way to begin with. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you know, I've had all these things. I'm really very blessed in so many ways. And yeah. this one thing doesn't go my way, and I'm mad at God. Like, it's pretty silly on my part. I've yeah. felt that way before. Right. On that note, then, that's an interesting point. What do you do then when someone else's answered prayer ends up being your source of hurt? Because here, here's where I'm also sitting with, with this, with, with God. So 
I remember a time when I, I had I was talking to a lady who was going through a divorce and it was a toxic marriage. Yeah. Both of them would admit it. And he prayed and felt like the answer to the prayer was to to leave the marriage. His answered prayer was her source of hurt. She was crushed underneath this thing. Right. So how do you reconcile that? Yeah. Like how like you know there was you know we you know we have a lawsuit happening right now and both parties we are christians the one, the person who is suing us is a christian and i think about both of us are praying to the same god for the same thing we both want we both think that we're right in our own way um we both want restitution you know what i mean we what we want we both want a redemptive moment but in the end a, a jury or a judge is going to decide that and in the end one of us is going to walk out of that courtroom thanking god for favor and one of us is going to walking out asking god why yeah and how do you reconcile that like when someone else's answer prayer is a source of your hurt like i don't know how do you how do you reconcile that i think you know in lincoln's gettysburg address he talks about that about how both the north and south were both praying to the same god and you know, basically, there's not an answer to that question. Like, yeah. this, is, we're here today because of everything that's happened in the last 60 years, and it will end. Um, <laughs> this too shall pass. And then that'll be God's judgment. That's what justice is. Not based on the fact we want it. It's God's justice. And God is um, sovereign. Um, God's justice comes from His sovereignty, not the other way around. Mm, that's good. God's justice comes from His sovereignty, and His sovereignty not from His justice. Yes. That's good. That is good. That's a good way to put that. So I guess in the end, I guess when you think about how you survive these moments of silence and these these moments of disappointment, I guess one, you know, is just you have to make the choice to press in. Yeah. Because that is a choice. You have to, to, to choose that fidelity, that middle piece, because the middle piece, the mundane, yeah. even in marriages, the middle is the hard part. You look at these at these relationships that are you know, you know, romantic in the beginning, but you don't think about it's the middle when the weight gain happens and the hair loss happens mm-hmm. and the children go crazy and the bills, you know, stack up and there's losses of parents and there is you know losses of loved ones and you're all these things that start stacking up in the middle that make things incredibly hard. It's not romantic. That's fidelity. That's that's faithfulness to something. Yeah. And in, it's those same spaces that God is like, be faithful to me because I am faithful to you there. Right. In those moments where he gives you those healing, you know, healing bombs of people yeah. and you know, moments of grace with worship or whatever that looks like, that's what the goodness of God looks like. Right. And that's what I think that that lady was talking about when she said, you know, he has been faithful, though she had to navigate this middle space that in a lot of times were just really challenging and really horrific. She was able to find people along the way and nuggets of God along the way that got her through to the end. And that is, I think that is, that is what the grace of God looks like and the faithfulness of God looks like. And, you know, using those moments to expand my capacity Right, using me, you being able to use me as a vessel in that way is what it looks like for you. He will work all things right. to our good, even if it doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. Even if it takes a while to get there, too. Sometimes it feels like forever getting there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a process. Especially like that rabbit fire I was talking about. It felt like it was never going to end until like the next year. It was like sparks, mm-hmm. like different things were starting to happen. It's like, oh, yeah, 
we're going to get out of this eventually, yeah. you know? Yeah. So If only we could see the end from the beginning, Sam. Right. Wouldn't it make the middle so much easier? It would make it a lot better. It would make it so much easier. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming today and helping me. And so um, any takeaway that I would have today is just when you have those moments of disappointment and frustration and you get that to that crosswords where you can press in or dip out, man, press in. Yeah. Press in because you need it. 100%. Amen. Well, yeah. thank you guys. And I will see you guys next week at the table. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.